Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by my good friend, Gary Hartman. It was a short two-game NBA DFS slate. I know you've been extremely busy this week. Yeah. Did you get a chance at all to go out and smell the roses tonight, Gary? Uh, actually, yeah. My, my wife got back from London tonight, so I cooked us dinner, uh, ignored the NBA DFS slate. I was on the live show with, with Mike Gallagher, uh, did not play anything, went out, bought some food, made us some fish. It was great. Uh, now she's sleeping. We're recording a pod. And this is my last podcast of me being 29, Cody. I turn 30 oh, no. on, on Monday. Um, and it's all uphill from here. I don't know. I'm excited. I think the 30s will be good. I don't want to throw Dink under the bus uh, with the age model, but Dink hit 40 this year. Gary's hitting 30. Uh, I'll be 30 yeah. in October, buddy. Boy, yeah. We're getting old, man. We're getting, we're getting up there. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're old, Dink is a grandpa, I guess. I'm, That's <laughs> true. I, I think he qualifies uh, for AARP at this point. <laughs> yeah, I told him. I watched the Super Bowl with him, and I was like, uh, uh, we are exactly 10 years apart. I don't think that comment made him feel very good. But uh, <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's a spring chicken, man. He's traveling all around the country. Uh, we love you, Dink. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, I feel good. I'm excited. This is my last podcast in my 20s, so I, I had a beer to celebrate. Right, fish, fish dinner, a beer in hand. Wife is back in town. Uh, sounds yep. like sounds like a good night for you, buddy. Yeah, all is all is well. All right. Before we dive into today's episode, we do need to put a bow on episode thirty nine, where you did your NBA Prism retail box break. Yes, uh, I think we had a little bit of success. A little bit of success. We pulled an Anthony Edwards, or I think you might have already had the Ant Edwards. Uh, Edwards, anyway. Edwards. I said I'm giving away just in case we had nothing out. So this is going no matter what. So three cards to do from the box. The Ant Edwards was already in my possession. You talk. I'm going to grab the cards that are right behind me. Love it. Ant Edwards, LaMelo Ball, base, Obi Toppin, silver, Jemias Ramsey, silver, auto. Who we got to talk about Jemias Ramsey a little bit, man. You you tagged me in a tweet on Twitter as you're getting back to your desk. Jemias Ramsey dropped 40 in a G League game. Yeah, sorry I was just that. telling the audience that Jemias Ramsey <laughs> dropped 40 in a G oh, League yeah, game. Jemias, which... Oh, yeah. Don't sleep on Jemias Ramsey. <laughs> I told you guys. First of all, the... I don't want to even say this because I don't want to hype but bring the guy down. The G League scoring stuff means almost nothing. But but um, I told you guys the guy could score. He's a good player. Uh, and you know what? There you go. So, yeah, we got the Ramsey Silver uh, Prism going out to someone. Uh, Obi Toppin Silver, rookie. He's questionable to come back tomorrow night. Uh, and then, you know, we have the Ant and LaMelo bases. So, yeah, going out. We'll do we'll do four different people. How Perfect. do we want to do yep. this? Yeah, let's I'm gonna, do it. I'm going to share my screen here. Um, just want to say a huge thanks to all you guys who took the time out of your day to, I know a lot of you are listening on the podcast feed. If you took time out to go check out the YouTube video and as always subscribing, commenting, liking, that really helps push the YouTube algorithm, help us get as many eyeballs in the sports collectible space as possible. So again, appreciate you guys doing that. I've got the wheel up. 19 comments, which we'll take. We'll keep yeah, pumping we'll those it. numbers Listen. up over the over the course of these giveaways as we can. But I see a lot of familiar faces in here, a lot of familiar names. So let's kick it off here. We're going to spin first for uh, the... Let's do... <clears throat> yeah, let's do Edwards first. Let's go All base right. to silver. So we'll do Edwards in the middle first. Perfect. Okay. The Anthony Edwards base is going to... Nicholas Schwager. Swagger, Swedger, Swagger, Swags, whatever Swagger. you want to call you. Whatever you want to call you, Nicholas, Nick, whatever you go by. Um, all of you guys, this goes for everyone. DM me on uh, Twitter um, and give me your address. I'll get these all out to you a sec right, right when you do. Uh, I'll get them right out. I'm shipping cards all the time anyway, so they'll go they'll go out no problem. And you will get to see how a, a, a 
cultured gentleman like Gary, who has a 100% approval rating on eBay, ships Fi his cards. Finally over 1,000 uh, ratings, too. I mean, I've sold well over like 2,500 cards, but you, I, apparently only 1,000 of them have given me uh, feedback. But finally over 1,000 reviews, uh, still at 100%. Very proud of that. Very proud of that. All right. LaMelo Ball, base up next. You said the centering on this one looked pretty good. So let's yeah, see who's getting good. the LaMelo Ball base. This looks pretty, pretty good. Jason right. Creasy. Jason Creasy gets the Lamelo Ball base. As Gary mentioned, go ahead and send him a DM on Twitter. Get him your should address. Probably write, I should probably be writing this down, honestly. Um, so someone no one tries to fool me. <laughs> Jason, That's probably a good idea. Jason gets Lamelo. Uh, Nick gets Anthony Edwards. All right, keep it going. Uh, we'll do. Right. Let's do. Oh, we'll wait. Keep the autograph lap. We'll do Obi yeah, now. Obi perfect. Silver. We'll, our boy Jemias is going last. All right, <laughs> Obi top and silver. <laughs> the G League goat Jemias, baby. Gary says Obi is questionable to return. I just saw they shut down Cam Reddish. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. Oh, Nico. Nico Mucci. Nico. All right, Nico. Nico, you so, got my boy Obi, man. I like it. That's a good one. So Take good Nick, care of her. All right, Nick last one. Jemias, Jemias and, Ramsey. And Nico the G gets League Obi. How many points did he drop in, in 40, the game? 41 or something? Oh, man, what a baller. Yeah. All right, Kyle, All right, Kyle Foster. Foster. Man, Jamias Ramsey coming your way. Um, nice card, man. Silver, silver rookie auto. You never know. Like uh, PJ Tucker bounced around G League overseas. Not that he's worth anything in the hobby, but you know what I mean. People, uh, people bounce around all, all around now, and uh, just all they need is a shot, um, and no reason to think that he can't turn into something. So, congratulations to all you guys again. We really thank the uh, the loyal listeners. Thank you for as as Cody said, taking your time to go over to the YouTube video. That one. Uh, has more comments and views on that one than than any of our others, so uh, we appreciate it. Uh, please do keep that coming. Throw us likes on the YouTube videos; would be uh, would be much much appreciated. We'll keep that yeah, up. definitely keep that up. And I saw a few comments in there as well, just recommending uh, ideas for content. I saw a few people mention us talking vintage cards yeah, a little bit totally, more. I saw people totally. a few people talking about uh, some other topics that we haven't generally necessarily put in too much time into, which we do appreciate. We will uh, try and address those. And if we can't, if we're not well versed in those areas, we're trying to get guests on. All the time who are so uh keep throwing us comments keep helping us out there and another reminder last housekeeping item here if you haven't yet um wherever you're listening to your podcast whether it be apple spotify or anywhere else please go subscribe rate review whatever you need to do over there it just helps us again get in front of as many eyeballs as possible so keep that up helps us out a ton all yeah. Right. Speaking of vintage, real quick. Sorry, just to, to sidebar, a quick story. So, um, I went a couple of weeks ago. I live very close to the Met, the Met in New York, the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art, which is which is is very cool. I, I'm you know I'm very lucky. One of the great things about living in New York City, they have a little exhibit up right now of vintage car, base, mostly baseball cards, but of vintage cards from this collection of this guy Jefferson R. Burdick, who like had been collecting from like the 1930s, and he has awesome. this insane. He basically donated them to the Met, so I got to see like the Onus Wagner T208. T206, sorry, in uh, in person. Uh, it wow. was cool. I mean, it's very small little exhibit, but it could, and you know, it's hard for it to be big because the cards are literally like this big uh, <laughs> right. from back then. But I mean, this card, the, the the Wagner was in like pristine, pristine condition, um, which I can't even imagine what would fetch on the open market. But very cool of the Met to have uh, a little exhibit for uh, for vintage sports cards. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. What a yeah. what a get for you. I have nothing in the Midwest yeah. here in Nebraska. <laughs> no, no, so for no, you to no, go no just you know, like that <laughs> down the street and be able to see uh the most recognizable sports card yeah. ever. Uh, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. It's pretty, yeah, my father in law's idea to go to that exhibit. So we went, it was cool. Um yeah. Anyway, um 
that's a, a little sidebar. Let's dive into what's what's relevant this week. There's a lot of fun sports stuff happening. Yeah, it's it's been a wild, wild week in the sports world. So let's let's kick it off here. I know we we said we're going to get a little bit away from NFL, and we've been NBA heavy on the last couple of shows, but plenty of ramifications in the collectibles world in the NFL, starting with the blockbuster trade between the Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos that saw Russell Wilson traded to a now loaded AFC West yeah. for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first round picks and two second round picks. So it's hall. Denver, it's a haul. Denver gets their guy. Russ gets a chance to finally, finally cook uh, out, out of the grips of Pete Carroll's run heavy mindset. We get an AFC West uh, that, that adds yet another quarterback to the mix as if they needed another one. What do you make of this Russ trade? First of all, from a football perspective, and then what does this mean for his card market moving forward? Yeah, we try to get away from football, but football won't let us get away from it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned the Ru- let Russ cook thing first and foremost. I mean, we, what we know of Nathaniel Hackett, um, the new Broncos coach, is that I think he'd want to be airing the ball out, right? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, worked, worked in Green Bay uh, under Rodgers for a while. That's why there was a lot of speculation of there. This, this happened pretty swiftly right after Rodgers resigned with Green Bay. No real ramifications there, but here there's a lot. I mean, um, you know, fr- from his perspective, I think it, it could, re- you know, reduce his market up a little bit. I think he's somebody that has had a steady, solid quarterback market for one of the, you know, being one of those early 2010s tops uh, quarterbacks, but hasn't, uh, you know, maybe necessarily blown the, the, you know, blown the roof off as far as, you know, real, real high upside and what we might expect from some of that stuff. Uh, a lot of it is, I mean, he won the Super Bowl in what, 2013 or whatever it was. It's been a long time. Uh, you know, since he has really been competing for Super Bowls. Um, but I do think this can kind of give a little juice behind him. Obviously, as you mentioned, going to be competing in probably the toughest division in football now. But the Broncos have a pretty good roster. Uh, you know, they I would expect them to compete at the very least for a wild card. You know, put Russ with a ton of weapons. Uh, obviously, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick's a very good third receiver and Javante Williams. And we'll see what happens, uh, you know, at tight end and, and, and uh, if Melvin Gordon's back and, you know, decent offensive line. So you put a, you put a lot of weapons around him in an offense that you got to imagine they're going to want to be airing it out. They they just gave up an arm and a leg to get the guy, and I think this could be good for his market overall. Um, you know, I I, I, I can, can he uh, make some real noise coming out of that division with with Herbert and Mahomes? I, I maybe uh, I don't know, but uh, at the very least, you know, he's still Russell Wilson. He's only thirty three. It's not like he's you know Aaron Rodgers' age. Now he's thirty seven, thirty eight. Uh, I think there's still a lot of good football in that arm. So I'm excited about this one. What about you? Yeah, I will say that this division, as you mentioned, is absolutely loaded. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished anywhere from first to fourth in the division. Yeah, if you told I mean, me the, that somehow the Raiders, Raiders yeah, that means, possible. yeah, absolutely possible. But I will say, uh, with respects to his card market and what being in this division means, and and obviously there's going to be a short short term spike just based off the movement. Anytime somebody changes jerseys, there's going to be some sort of movement in their card market. We see it all yes. the time. How long lived that will be, just based off of moving teams is yet to be seen for this guy. But I will say, he gets Justin Herbert twice, probably one of the biggest hobby names still, uh, even after the, oh, the that. season that Joe Burrow had. And he gets Patrick Mahomes twice. I would imagine if if NFL schedule makers are doing things the right way, and as a showdown guy myself, hopefully, hopefully we're seeing a lot of AFC West primetime games, hopefully a big national audience watching these games. And as long as, as you mentioned, there's still some football to be played in that arm, this could be a lot of eyeballs on this guy balling out against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert with the weapons that you mentioned. And I, I think that even if there are some ups and downs, even if they don't win the division, even if it's a, a stretch to get to the playoffs, I think that just the, the amount of 
uh, eyeballs that he's going to draw in the, the matchups that he's going to be playing. And it's going to be good for his market as long as he can still play. Right. Yeah. So I'm not so much looking at futures for them. I'm not so much yeah. looking at their odds to win the division. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about the games that he's going to be playing in this season. And I think that that could, that could certainly boost his market at least for this season, depending on what happens going forward. It's a great point. I, us co-hosts think alike because I was about to get to the exact same point uh, about eyeballs yeah. and and primetime games. And you know, I, I mean, you, you got to imagine that's where where the schedule makers' minds are right now, right? Probably the most fun division in football. Uh, just adds another top ten quarterback in the league to it. So uh, you got to imagine he'll be in there. And then you got to also imagine that a lot of those can be shootouts, especially if um, you know the Broncos are going to turn into a more pace up team than they have you know, over the last handful of years with this hodgepodge of quarterbacks that they have under the new regime, um, they're going to be able to keep up in some of these gunfights with, with the chiefs and, and with the chargers. And um, you know, that's, that's exciting. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you there. And, and that, that also drives the hobby, right? We, people want to see the 40 yeah. to 38 games. We don't want to see the yeah, Broncos right. slog in from 20 to 16. Right. Um, I think if, if the Broncos were, uh, playing, you know, 30 plus point games, you know, big shootout games all day last year, Javante Williams, three badge moment would probably be even higher right now on, on, uh, mm-hmm. on all day. Right. So like it's, it's, it'll trickle down even to the running back type stuff. So yeah, I really excited for, for him and all the secondary Broncos that it'll impact. Before we talk quick about the secondary Broncos, because I think this does matter. I do want to move over to NFL all day. We've talked a lot about all day, the last couple of weeks, uh, we saw a pretty big run on a lot of these Denver guys on all day the second that this trade was announced. Let's start with Russ Wilson. Um, he's got an iconic moment out there that's minted out of 59, had a floor of 3,600 before the trade, jumped 25% uh, immediately following the trade up to 4,500. So a few collectors out there wanted to get their hands on that. Uh, a, a slightly higher mint count, 899 for his launch code series one moment, jumped 20%. And then his... Uh, I'll call it his base moment, but his moment minted out of 10,000. I, I, I have that one. That, the debut. At, yeah. Yeah. That one jumped another 27%. So yeah. I, I just want to mention that quick off the front because it's, we got to talk about some of these secondary pieces too, but these, this instant access now to these collectibles from the NFL perspective, as we move into free agency in the off season, and we start to get these <laughs> as much news as we've already gotten this off season, it's tough to imagine. We're going to continue to get more, uh, at least as impactful as these first announcements have been. But as free agency rolls around and players move teams, you're going to see these spikes happen. We saw totally. it for Jerry Judy too, who Jerry Judy uh, going from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson. People got pretty excited about that. His uh, NFL all day debut moment minted out of 10,000 had a low ask of $10 prior to the trade went up to 23 uh, and is still holding steady at 19, $20 right now. So up a hundred percent. Yeah. Just, just off the news that uh, of the Russell Wilson trade. So just something to keep in mind as we move into free agency here, that when these position players and quarterbacks move teams, uh, sign deals, maybe quarterbacks get paired with a wide receiver. I'm thinking Amari Cooper might be changing teams. When, when you start to see these announcements being made in the free agency market, you're going to see these NFL all day moments move quickly. So if you're, you know, if you're holding on to them now, or if you're thinking about some names out there that might be changing teams, might be a good idea to stack some of those up. If you're anticipating just a quick, uh, you know, a quick flip there, what do you think about the NFL all day market and taking advantage of it in that sense? 
Yeah, I uh, pulled that Russell Wilson out of 10,000 in a pack, and I was happy to have it, obviously, you know, when, when his name becomes more popular. But I'm, I'm with you, man. It's still a pretty volatile, or, or it's, the market's still establishing itself, rather. Uh, so I think there could be a lot of opportunity uh, to kind of get out ahead of some of the free agency, you know, fallout, right? Um, you know, a couple of us were buying Josh Palmer moments, who was going to end up being the third receiver on the Chargers, anticipating, hey, we didn't think that Mike Williams was really going back to the Chargers. And then they go out and surprise us, or mildly surprise us, and, and come and strike a pretty big deal to bring Mike Williams back and you know that kind of maybe did the opposite effect of what we we're hoping to do with that Josh Palmer moment I know I bought up a couple but I think you could just as easily uh you know get the other side of that coin if you are either gonna uh basically try to scoop up someone that is get, going to enter a better position whether it's because they're getting a new quarterback or a better uh offensive line or whatever or or somebody's changing teams uh I think you could probably anticipate the way the wind's blowing with some of that stuff to an extent um and, and take some calculated risks and the thing is Somebody like Jerry Judy, right? We, you know, you thought maybe they get Rodgers or, or, you know, then we didn't see this Wilson move coming, whatever. Um, you know, you only were paying 10 bucks to kind of make that move, right? It's not like we're, we're going out to eBay and betting, buying a $500 card. Uh, you know, you can, you can enter this marketplace at a pretty, uh, you know, reasonable entry point and, and, and take some shots. Um, and I, you know, I think it's a really fun place to do it. I'm, I'm really enjoying all day so far. I, I really yeah. Am. And there's, there's some big names out there in the free agency market that could have a, a big impact on, their own markets, right? I'm thinking uh, Von Miller, who has already hinted on Instagram that he's headed back to Denver. That could be a fun one. And then you've got some big names in the wide receiver market who I would imagine would make a big splash. Allen Robinson, Odo Beckham. Uh, We've got Antonio Brown, who now uh, wants to get back involved. Yeah, I'm sure Um, he does. Yeah, yeah, Michael Gallup, DJ Shark, Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian Kirk, just so many names that I think that uh, people that are involved, digitally native people that are involved in Top Shot are going to be excited about these people, uh, these players, because... They're already playing fantasy. They're already playing DFS. They're already involved in that aspect. So I think that it's you're just going to kind of see a natural correlation there uh, from that perspective. Any free agency names uh, as you're as you're mostly focused on NBA right now, but any free agency names that have stood out to you that you'll be keeping an eye on when free agency rolls around next week? Well, you're burying the lead that Drew Locke gets a new opportunity. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't believe it, man. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, cautiously optimistic that he will at least get a chance again. I have, <laughs> well, I have, I would been... imagine he'll have a real competition at least with whoever they drafted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing no. uh, the, the Malik will Willis rumors swirling. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've got the draft capital, but I don't know if, I don't know if this is the draft to do it, but yes. Uh, Drew Locke, if you're, if you, if you have as much Drew Locke as I do, you absolutely have to hold until week one when he throws three touchdowns to DK Metcalf yeah. uh, and three more touchdowns to Tyler Lockett. So yeah. Sam we're not Darnold. selling Sam, any Drew Locke, brother. Sam, we're not selling any Drew Locke on the, rumor that, on the news Sam, that he's that he's let's traded. Like, let's get let's let's get like three or four good weeks out of Drew Locke. Let's Sam Darnold this uh, this this train. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I held on to Sam Darnold like uh, ten weeks too long. Through that, uh, that's okay. What are you gonna do? Um, yeah, uh, man. Just a sidebar on the Malik Willis thing. I, I I don't even know if he gets to nine, man. The hype's getting out of control. I yeah. think he uh, I think he ends up going like top top five to eight. Um, any, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, other, other names, I'm, I mean, there's a ton, you mentioned all those receivers. I think they're all super interesting, uh, but I'm looking at the quarterbacks cause it's going to be a real big quarterback yep. carousel here. Um, the Mitch Trubisky hype is getting out of control. Uh, apparently my giants have a lot of interest, but they can't afford it. I don't, they, they, they have no cap as it is. And they have a million roster holes. Like, what are you going to go spend, uh, 80% of whatever cap you free up on a, on your backup quarterback or someone to compete? The only way I could see it happening. And there's been a, you know, some murmurings out there of them doing this is if they do this and then would then look to trade Daniel Jones, uh, for draft capital, which I guess is possible but it looks like the, the at least the way the 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 rumor mill is heating up on mitch trubisky it looks like he'll have every chance to start somewhere 
this this coming season. So there's a name to speculate on. I have one of his silver rookies. Like um, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to holding that thing. I mean, the guy's a mobile quarterback. He's got a you know decent arm. Um, he was given a he was given a shit hand in Chicago. I can't do. I think he could be a winning quarterback. If you put a gun to my head, I'd say no. Um, but uh, we see we've seen this happen with Ryan Tannehill. Albeit Tannehill mm-hmm. had a couple of years uh, in Miami to to uh, you know before really given it, it seems like a little bit more of a drawn out uh, transition to to that second you know real successful point. But uh, Trubisky's going to get paid, so he's going to have an opportunity to start. Uh, so you know there, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there. Uh, no doubt that he'll. I, I would be shocked if he's not a week one starter somewhere. So that's the name that I'm probably keeping my eye on from a hobby perspective. I, I don't know if you even want to address this guy after the trade from uh, Indianapolis to Washington, but uh, this this trade probably got as much attention as the Russ Wilson to Denver trade did for a whole different reason. Uh, I did see that his market was up about 25% to a whopping $140 for his base PSA 10 Carson Wentz. That is, wow. uh, I, I don't have much to add here, man. If there was any reason that you were still holding on to Carson Wentz, if you have Carson Wentz's all day moments and I haven't looked, but if they moved uh, for any reason on the news that he was traded to the commanders, commanders, I don't know if you haven't seen the reports yet. I don't know if you haven't watched football for the last two years. There is no reason to continue holding, speculating, praying that Carson Wentz can do something on a football field at this point. Drew Locke, Drew Locke might be a better quarterback yeah. than Carson Wentz at this point. The so anything, is, any reason, anything to add to, I was just happy as like a, I mean, a, a pseudo Colts fan that, that, he's that they gone. were able to get off of that. They got off the contract. They got draft capital back. I'm happy. I'm happy. Just, Actually, I just want yeah, to wait my should, hands We should keep and, talking and, about this, this carousel. So let's, so let's talk Wentz real quick. I mean, uh, he wasn't that bad for the Colts this past year. Like, he didn't turn <laughs> the ball over. Right. I mean, he, he just wasn't a winning quarterback. <laughs> uh, but I think I, it's such a headache and he's so expensive yeah, that people just, yeah. you know, what's, what's the point? Um, it, it, what do you think is, you think he's in a better position here with like Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson than he was with Indianapolis last year? And doesn't doesn't Taylor, it just feel like the same situation? Like I mean, yeah, it, feels like a wash it seems like a wash for him. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And yeah, like like as as I mentioned, as a Colts fan, like the last taste of of Carson Wentz that I have in my mouth is not yeah, only the report that of came course. out in the Athletic about how uh, ownership was already sick of him and teammates were already sick of him in the off season, but uh, the Jacksonville game, right, where they I missed mean, the playoffs yeah, because yeah, he gets I mean, they, it's, they, he it just emba- played it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Um, um, the biggest red flag is Frank Wright giving up on him. You yeah, know, like that was supposed right. to be his boy, right? His guy. I mean, I get there was money involved here, and they didn't want to pay him, and they had teammates. But Frank Reich was supposed to be the biggest cheerleader. Like he was, he was his guy in Philly, and uh, you know, when the, on the MVP race, he was his offensive coordinator. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in Carson Wentz. Uh, let's talk about who might replace him in Indianapolis. I mean, a couple names, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, yep. I think, would be a name. Um, then there's like other, other. Let me. So let's talk about him, and then I just want to throw a couple of names out there with you that I'm curious. You think we we brought up Trubisky, but uh, Marcus Mariota, another big name on the mm-hmm. free agents market, wouldn't be surprised to see him start somewhere. And then Gardner Minshew, I also think is like a really deep, uh, deep sleeper uh, type of guy that might have a chance to start somewhere this year. I don't know if that fits. Uh, the roster partic- that they have in, right Indy now, particularly, yeah, 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 right. In any in any particular. Um, yeah. It, but but what you bring up the names that have me most excited now with the news that Aaron Rodgers is is obviously re-signing with with Green Bay. Um, you mentioned Mitch, Mitch, Jordan Love, yeah, Marcus so Jordan, Mariota, Gardner Minshew. Fascinating man. That is like a really interesting speculative uh, yeah. invest, investment. Um, so the, these are the guys like like we we love to buy this news and and buy the rumors that you know team players are, are moving team like Jimmy G for Carson Wentz seems like a, such a wash for me. 
Uh, if, if you're an Indianapolis fan or if you're a collector, I don't think that does much to move his market. But some of these guys like that we had all but given up on, Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky, Jordan Love, like all these guys that are down real Mariota, bad right Mariota, now. yeah. And the, quarterback, the quarterback class is really – and, it you know, it's interesting because like this free – this like premium backup, like one, like like somewhere between a high-end backup, low-end starter, free agency class, it holds a lot more weight this offseason than it does in other, other years when the draft class is strong. Right, people aren't excited about this quarterback draft class. So these quarterbacks hold a lot more weight, and all you need is one to strike gold, like Tannehill did with the Titans, and and somebody becomes a multi-year starter here that that will hold weight. So I think there's some really interesting investment opportunities in the offseason. Jordan Love is a really really fascinating one to me. Uh, I think if you can if you can get your hands on Jordan Love silver PSA ten or you know silver raw colored refractor raw. Uh, at cheap, real cheap. I think that that is a, an absolute buy. We just we just don't know anything about him. All all we have on Jordan Love at this point is preseason tape, right? We yeah. don't know if he's good. We don't know if he's bad. But I think that the jury's still being out. Him being in that 2020 class and will always be tied to the Justin Herbert, um, the Joe Burrows, the the, the Tuas. He, he'll always be tied to that class. I think that there's still reason to believe that maybe, maybe given an opportunity, he can shine. And then, yeah, man, I mean, you can get these guys mega, mega cheap if you have any interest in whether it be a short-term or a longer-term bet on the guys that we just mentioned before, too, like Mitch, uh, like Marcus Mariota, even Jameis, if Jameis gets a chance somewhere else, too, like we can get these guys on the cheap and find a window if they're a starting quarterback during the season to hopefully sell uh, for more than we bought it for, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'd be interested in in you know getting a little bit of all these guys before they uh, necessarily find their next next place. And so free agency starts March 16th. You'll hear this like a couple days before that. Um, so like I don't know how quickly some of the stuff will move. I think Trubisky will be the first domino here. It sounds like he's the hottest name. Um, so if you're interested in, in trying to get that, you, you'd probably have a couple days between listening here and then before he signs. I'll say this, like there's a lot of Giants buzz still. They would, ha- they would have to clear up a lot of space and maybe he would take a little less to go back to his guy, Dable. Um, I think if he does that, I think he's interesting because he would still only be in a, in a, a competition to start. And uh, we don't know if so like, uh, it's not like his market necessarily would take a huge jump right away. And then I think he would have a, a decent success, to, uh, decent opportunity to put up some, some numbers under, you know, back under Dable uh, with the Giants, with Galladay and with Tony and not the best supporting cast in the world, but it's a, a system he's obviously very comfortable with. And apparently he has a really close relationship with Brian Dable. So uh, I'd be looking there and then like, I'd be looking to buy like some Minshew in bulk. I think he has a, I think he at least competes for a job somewhere this year, mm-hmm. maybe New Orleans or, or whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really interesting stuff. And then Jameis, I mean, he's coming off the – we don't even know when he's going to play. See, that's another guy you could probably get really, really cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, again, keep your eye on the rumor mill uh, as free agency opens up here. Um, really fun time of year, though. I mean, we, we got, you know, NFL free agency about to start. Uh, we just got out of the combine. Draft rumors are going to swirl. So, football never ends, man. We're, we're, it'll, keep, it'll keep us rolling on. If there's anything that I know, it is investing in quarterbacks who are at least below average, if not bad <laughs> quarterbacks. So uh, you, we're, we're just talking my language right now. I was buying, you know, buying, I don't even want to admit to this on a, on a show that we're supposed to be talking as as informed collectors, informed hobbyists and investors. Uh, I was buying Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, um, yeah, baby. all these guys, baby. So, so yeah, worry, Daniel, Daniel Jones is still Daniel Jones. <laughs> You're talking my language, buddy. All right. The people listened to last week's episode and thought, hey, I came here for F1. So I'm going to lay out, buddy. I'm going to give you as much time as possible here to talk to all of our new listeners, all of our OG listeners, too. I want you to talk them through the world of F1 because for those that don't know, your your passion, you not only you not only grew a passion for F1, you not only established a super impressive F1 tops collection, 
but you're like a legitimate source of knowledge on this subject. <laughs> and outside of me watching, starting to watch yeah. Drive to Survive, like you're my go-to source of source of information on the subject. So first of all, I kind of want you to take us back to where this all started. Give everyone who's new here just a brief synopsis, kind of break down how, uh, how you got involved, how you got started, how you fell in love with F1 before you talk about the current landscape and, and what's on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the perfect storm. And like, I am I am no new story, at least on the American landscape of how this happened. Uh, mine's a little unique because it ties in with the cards. But uh, as far as, as, as how I got really, really into this, uh, it was like most other people uh, in this country over the pandemic. And that was, they found the great, 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 truly excellent Netflix docu docuseries Drive to Survive, um, which really should speak to anyone like us because it is, it is the perfect mix of uh, reality show, um, with with sport uh, and it's so well done and you know you, you, what's so great about formula one in general and i'll talk more a little bit more about how i got into it with the card stuff too is is just it it, it really offers everything you could possibly want as far as uh, uh you know drama is concerned yeah. uh you know it's not only rivalries like we have in every other sport but it's rivalries within your own team and that's something that the, the netflix docu that really drives everyone into the netflix docuseries uh you in most instances your biggest rival is the drive the rival is your driver that you drive alongside on your own team so there are 10 f1 teams every team has two drivers so there's only 20 formula one seats that exist any in any given year they're some of the most coveted spots in the world for for professional athletes lewis hamilton is is the premier of that he's one of the highest paid if not the highest paid athlete in the world um so it's just it's a fascinating fascinating world what made it a little unique for me is i started watching the docuseries right around the same time that i was in break rooms when i saw started to see a lot of people break this stuff and i was just kind of hanging out on the sidelines um it was the first year of tops making formula one cards so they made uh, a chrome product uh, of just Topps Chrome, like which is obviously a very, very classic brand. We've spoken about it a lot, but they made it for Formula One first year license. So while there were some great rookies in that product, amazing rookies, and I'll talk about them when we get into the real primer here. Uh, while there were some great rookies in that product, it also meant that it was the first year of licensed cards for all the stars, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, guys that have been in the sport for a couple of years. Um, while additionally giving true rookie cards to some of our, our, our the youngest stars in this game, kind of like golf where like it's dominated by amazing young talent right now. Uh, uh, you know, most, you know, some uh, highlighted by George Russell and Lando Norris, both guys had their true rookies in this first set. So this this set just took off by the perfect storm of the popularity of the sport completely rising internationally, especially in America, where Topps is located and Topps is pushing this product. And we went from a year ago, these boxes being worth $300 to being worth $2,500 now. Uh, the, the growth is insane. So anyway, I was sitting on the sideline when these boxes were worth around $300, looking at these breaks. Um, kind of just sitting out. And then that's kind of right around the same time I started the, the Netflix show and I just fell immediately in love. And then you start knowing all the players of uh, the drivers. Sorry, I'm always going to say players because you know, <laughs> yeah, right. that's how I'm conditioned. Uh, the drivers through through the Netflix series, and you really got to start knowing them. You know all the teams and you know the rivalries and you know who's the cream of the crop, who, who's who's middle pack, uh, everything like that. And, you know, there's pride in all of this. Like, so, you know, just there's probably only one or two teams of recent years has been Mercedes and Red Bull that are competing uh, for the ch championship. But there's, there's pride in coming in third fourth fifth like just having a race where you finish in the top 10 you get points kind of like golf once again uh there's it's like a tiered system for for how you you win points uh and and it's it's just it, there's a lot of money involved there's a lot of ri great rivalries and i was learning all this while i was looking at the cards so eventually um 
I started diving into these breaks and I got immediately addicted. I mean, immediately addicted. And luckily uh, it ended up being a good addiction because I got in, <laughs> I got in at a time uh, like I was, I've like, I've been lucky enough to do with, you know, I've had impeccable timing in my, 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 yeah. uh, my time in the card world so far. I've been very lucky at least for our, uh, for us, for us cardboard virgins. Uh, I have not had as much luck on the NFT streets, so <laughs> I'll stick to what I know. Um, but impeccable timing where I was getting in on these boxes and these breaks when they were around 300, $400 a box, whatever. Um, and I was able to build up this great inventory. And we've, if you go back to our previous episodes and you can hear me talking about the big Lewis Hamilton purple card out of 10 that I pulled, and I can show you a million other things uh, of high-end stuff that I have. And some are in the process of getting graded, some I've had graded. I have a George Russell variation of his rookie card out of five, the red. I mean, some stuff that is true, like j- grail, like long-term investment pieces if it turns out to what you want it to be. So that's all to say that the reason we're doing this now is uh, new season starting up in every sense of the word, the new season starting up. So we talk about how last, last year was the first 2020 tops uh, set, the new set of tops Chrome 2021. So second year came out yesterday, the uh, Wednesday, uh, March 9th. Uh, I went to the hobby shop and bought a couple of boxes today. I'll show you what some of that stuff looks like. Cause I couldn't help myself. Um, so that came out yesterday. Tomorrow, Friday, March 11th, by the time you're hearing this, it'll have already premiered. The entire fourth season of Netflix Drive to Survivors premiering on Netflix. Uh, it's going to be incredible because last year was one of the was the craziest F1 season of all time. If you want to hear more about that, you could also go listen to our previous episodes when we kind of broke down the, the final race. Uh, the, both the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship came down to the very end. It was remarkable drama, amazing uh, television. Um, so it's going to highlight that entire season. It's kind of like uh, hard knocks, but way, way, way better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and over a season, uh, way, what more well done. And it highlights an entire sport and it's, it's awesome. And what's also great about it is you're not just kind of like, you're not, you're, you, you, I like going on a journey when I'm watching something, right? Like if I'm watching a show in Hawaii, it's cool to get to see the, the, uh, yeah. the, the you know, the, the landscape. What's great about this is you're going all over the world to these beautiful places and, uh, you're not just kind of like in a training camp in Dallas, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, it's really amazing. So anyway, that comes out tomorrow. And then right now, as we speak, we're in the, we're in the midst of final preseason testing. So they are on site of where the first Grand Prix will be of the new season. And they're testing all their cars right now, uh, seeing how fast they can get, uh, you know, comparing, making sure everything's working, all that kind of stuff. It's basically like a final preseason run. Um, today, Pierre Gasly, who, who's uh, uh, an alpha uh, Tory driver is um, was was fastest on the track in day one of testing. So uh, really interesting because there's been all these new regulations for this year to make parity in the sport, kind of like we know for NFL, uh, to try to make everything a lot closer in competition. So that's all to say next weekend or March 18th, Sunday. So yeah, a week from Sunday is the first Grand Prix of the season. So this is like the perfect storm of F1 time. Uh, we have the cards just come yeah. out. We have Netflix start series and we have the season starting next week. So like if there's ever a time to dive in, it's right, right now. And I will also say, before I show you some of the cards, what they look like this year, boxes are only going to go up. It, it's not going to be as as great as last year because it was the first year of a product. It's never going to get like that. These came out at $500 a box, obviously a lot higher than last year. There's going to be a demand for it. But I, I was able to scoop at a local copy shop for $600. You're going to find most places $700 online today uh, for in, in resale. Not that much of a markup. I'd be shocked if these weren't 1000 by after, like, in two weeks once people watch wow. the docuseries. Yeah. The hype just drives, like, that much on it. There's not as good of rookies in this class as last year, but there are, like, one or two very big names. Plus, you still have all the the, the chase of, of Max and Lewis and, and all their colors and super factors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, anyway... I rambled about kind of just setting up the F1. I'll get into details, but Cody, uh, did that all make sense to you? Do you have anything to add? 
Yeah, so, so, so many questions. I started, I actually started rewatching Drive to Survive as I was getting prepared for this, this, this episode. I was thinking, what's the best way for me to do my research and try and sound somewhat knowledgeable about F1? <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to start rewatching Drive to Survive because yeah. I never got through it. Yep. Um, and it's interesting that you bring up the point about the rivalry between the drivers because I didn't even know that even after this, as much as we've talked. Yeah. Because uh, I remember in, in episode one of, of season one of Drive to Survive, Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen. Yep. Uh, there's there's that little bit of rivalry there, so that makes more exactly. sense now. Like driver, there's there's like the number one driver and the number two driver for each yes. team, right? Yeah. So it, they don't always define it that way, right? Like if if two drivers are considered similar caliber and mm-hmm. they came in around the same time, they wouldn't necessarily say like we have a one A one or a one two driver or one A one B. Like where they would say both our drivers are equal. But like for Mercedes, for example, Lewis Hamilton is always going to be their number one driver. Whoever is their number two is going to be their number two. The reason you have the rivalry with your with your teammate the more than anyone else is because it's the only one you can compare yourself to on the exact same playing field you're the only one driving in the exact same specs as you um you know every car is different the only person you can really compare yourself directly to is uh, on a week in week out basis is your teammate um and then there's always the drama of okay if your car is dominating and both of the drivers are having a great race then they have to race off against each other right and you're you're racing for the team but you're racing for yourself and um it's it's really great and what's so great about f1 um as opposed to like these kind of meh uh, motorsports in America. No offense to anyone that's like a NASCAR <laughs> yes, fan. No, I agree. Um, but uh, you know, those just go around in a circle. Look at some of these tracks, man. Like it is oh, wild, yeah. wild. The the tracks these guys drive on. Uh, the cars are obviously top of the line. Uh, the personalities are amazing. Like the these drivers are uh, charismatic. A lot of them are very good looking. Some of them. Are, this is what's fascinating about it. It's like some of them don't even deserve their seats. They're there because their family has money. Like it's a very, very, yeah. very um money first sport where it's so expensive so so expensive um the, both the the keeping up of, of the cars and just the general business of running an f1 team uh is is just absurdly pricey where if you could get a big donor in there like a father of a driver or something like that um <laughs> it it happens and these guys win yeah. out seats for that reason so a lot of times talent does you know will rise to the top and the top driver in f2 which is obviously just like no minor leagues of f1 will get a, a fair shot and, and a chance. And we see that all the time. And, but sometimes um, teams that are, are more money strapped might pick a driver for the wrong reason. So that's all stuff that the docuseries explores, but uh, I, you know, obviously you can hear in my voice how, how excited I am for, for the season. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. And, and, and obviously if you're listening to this, you like collectibles, you like sports in some capacity. Um, this really, especially now with the launch of, of the, the success of these cards, uh, it, it, it really combines the, the, the best of both of them. I want you to get into specifics, but I think, and I don't think we've, we've done a good job, but I don't think we've done a, a good enough job of explaining, grinding these niches, right? And this, yeah. both the, this happened around the same time that I got into UFC and we kind of did it as kind of a pet project a little bit in the, in the collectible side, uh, where I got into UFC, you got into F1. We kind of talked about it on a podcast. We talked about grinding these edges in, in sports and in collectibles that, that weren't as discovered, uh, weren't as discovered as football and basketball and baseball. And both of us, I think, uh, at least in the near term, have had our most success in UNF1 and me and UFC. So even if you're listening to this, all that to say, if you're listening to this and you're thinking F1 will never be my thing, like, like yeah. I, I, I hear Gary's passion, he's excited, there's money to be made, but F1 just isn't going to be my thing from a collectibles perspective. I can't fine. watch yeah, it on the weekend. Just just find what's yours and what niche might be yours. For me, it was UFC, and I've, I've absolutely loved getting involved in collecting UFC cards. Yep. For Gary, it's F1. For you, it might be something totally different, but I think that there's still an edge to be had, and maybe it's a little bit smaller than it was when we got in last year, but I still think there's a little bit of an edge if you're not grinding these 
ultra efficient NFL, NBA, MLB markets, and you're kind of playing around in these side streets. It's a great, great point. And there's just going to be more and more of these niche sports um, because there, and maybe not sport and, and non-sports. That's the thing. Like, uh, you know, Josh Luber had just announced with, with what's going on over at fanatics and obviously they're, they're growing their brand. They just launched a, uh, basically a pop culture subset of cards. I think it's called zero cool or something like that. Yep. Um, and you know, they, they're going to basically, their, their goal is going to be to come out with sets of, of celebrities, kind of like what we've seen with Leaf Pop Century. If you know that product, it's literally Leaf Brian Gray's company, which is like an independent uh, sports car company, does a really good job for, for what it is. Uh, he comes out with a product every year that is um, basically, uh, you know, like like autographs of all different types of celebrities, could be a mm-hmm. musician, could be an actor, whatever. And I think that they're going to basically try to license that. So they're going to try, uh, try to get contracts with, uh, you know, actors, musicians, politicians, whatever it may be, and basically come out with like high-end sets, like like the, under the, the, you know, the same type of quality that we know out of Tops and Panini. So, you know, that's going to be coming more and more to the mainstream. And if that's, type of your, if that's your thing, if you're a huge rap fan, uh, I'm sure there'll be hip-hop sets. If you're a huge movie fan, I'm sure there'll be like Oscar-type sets. Uh, so that's really cool um and then yeah i mean soccer we've spoken about that obviously huge international but i think there is a uh, room for for more efficiency in the united states on that so i think there's definitely edges to be had just kind of grinding the the uh ebay alt streets for whatever for things like like soccer cards so yeah i mean totally there there are really there are there are corners of this uh you know industry to to still be found uh dude marvel cards taking off like crazy yeah. crazy yeah. of late crazy of late like the leaf precious metal gems of, of marvel cards uh star wars cards uh uh, something I'm thinking about getting into because I'm a Star Wars nerd, uh, huge Star Wars nerd. Um, I've watched every piece of Star Wars canon that exists, even <laughs> even the animated shows. So, um, yeah. So like, you know, uh, there there in this stuff is going to sell. It's going to continue to sell. People are looking for alternative investments more and more. Um, and yeah, so total. It's a totally great point. All right, I took us down a tangent, but I know the people are here for for the goods on the specifics of of F1 for this season, F1 for cards of last season. Let's start with you showing some of what the product looks like from yeah. this season since you've ripped through a couple boxes. And then as you're talking through it, talk about drivers to know. I think people at this point know the Lewis Hamilton, the Max Verstappens, any secondary tertiary names that people should be keeping an eye on that might have some delta this season. Yep. And then what's the card market doing in general with the F1 space right now? So uh, you've got some cards in hand. Why don't you flash those and then just talk through uh, player specific and then card market uh, macro perspective too. Yeah, let's do it. So um, obviously last year, for, first year, as, as I mentioned, for, for four tops. So I think that's always going to kind of be like your flagship 2012. I don't think anything's ever going to get higher than 2020 tops yeah. Chrome F1, especially and it's not just because it was the first year, but we should talk about the rookies from last year. So I mentioned George Russell. Uh, if you go back and listen to some of our old episodes, also I told you about us looking at his investment before he announced that he was changing teams. So that basically this is, this is the other fun thing that I forgot to mention in my primer. Um, the off season's in the middle of the season. So it makes the drama insane. Oh, People switch teams halfway through when they're driving for another, what? for another team. Yeah. Oh no, it's crazy. So <laughs> literally you're, they're going to announce a new contract with their next team while, while they still have 20 races left with the current team. So it creates, it's insane drama. And you'll see if you get further to drive to survive, like it becomes what makes this such a great reality show, honestly. Uh, so anyway, people speculate those windows. They call it silly season, but it happens in the middle of the season. So we were talking last year when there was all this word that George Russell, who was a rookie um, two years ago, so th- his rookie cards were in last year's class. The, the rookies come after the year that was their rookie class uh, in this particular product. Um, 
where he, we were talking about the fact that he was always a junior Mercedes driver. Mercedes is the cream of the crop uh, as far as uh, the, that's the team Lewis Hamilton drives for. Uh, they are the best in sport. They have been since about 2014. Um, so there was a lot of rumors that he was going to take that second seat. Uh, Valtteri Bottas had that seat. A lot of rumors that it was going to go to George Russell. Uh, eventually, those rumors did come true. And I was saying, let's buy up all this Russell we can before this happened. Because once, once this happens, you're going to see a huge spike. That means he's competing right away at age 23 or 24 for championships. And also, he's being groomed to be the successor to Lewis Hamilton. Because Lewis Hamilton is mid-30s. A lot of, lot of rumors about him starting to you know, wean his way out of, of F1. So a lot of, lot of reason to be very, very bullish on George Russell long-term. And I still think there's a lot of room there. Uh, so I would actually still be buying more Russell right now uh, before he gets on the track for this year. Personally, that's my, my thought. I have a ton of George Russell, definitely my best uh, long F1 investment. And I feel really good about it. Um, so that's George Russell. The other big rookie from last year, uh, baby Lando, Lando Norris from mm -hmm. McLaren, also very, very young kid, incredibly talented driver. Uh, really, really strong, very fast. Uh, his, his teammate is Danny Ricardo, who's, Probably a fan favorite through Drive to Survive, really funny Australian guy uh, who also has been uh, a world champion for for uh, for Red Bull in the past. Um, I think he's been a world champion. Whatever. He he was very successful driver uh, in in his past. Um, and and here comes Lando Norris, uh, and he's immediately better, faster in almost every single race uh, in the same car. Very strong driver. His rookies were in last year. I think he's a, he's a strong investment. Uh, continues to be. Uh, McLaren's car also this year I think will be much improved. They were competing uh, for third place last year. They were right in that hunt. They may have finished. I don't remember the standings right in front of me. They may have finished in third place. So they were, they were right on the outside looking in, um, and they're just going to continue to improve. They have a great infrastructure. Uh, I'm wearing a McLaren hat right now. Uh, really like McLaren. I love it. Um, so uh, anyway, he, so he was one of the rookies for, for last year. One of the other rookies for last year was a guy named Alex Albon, who was in the Red Bull seat for, for a, a season and a half or so. Um, they, they basically bumped him out to get a very seasoned driver named Sergio Perez Checo, who's been in, been in F1 forever. Uh, and so he was out of the grid last year. Now he comes back in this year. Uh, and is going to be taking uh, George Russell's seat in Williams, which was his his seat. So now all three rookies from last year's just iconic class are back on the grid. So you have all three of those guys from last year's class. And then, of course, it was it was Lewis Hamilton. Uh, this is what his stuff looks like for this year, a little bit of a different pose um, than last year. He's obviously the GOAT. He's the LeBron, the MJ, uh, the Tom Brady of F1. Um, he's still going. Uh, and his stuff is is through the roof from last year. Now, this will be his second year uh, of everything. So I think all of his short printed colors, any autographs that you can find out of Chrome will be worth a ton still. Uh, Lewis Hamilton did lose the championship on the final lap of the race last year yeah. to Max Verstappen, who is uh, probably the uh, maybe best pound for pound or, or, or at least the most aggressive driver on the grid uh, right now uh, and, and, and your reigning champion uh, by hook or by crook. You can watch Drive to Survive to see how that all, all went down. Um, but maybe anyways, the, yeah, the, the Patrick Mahomes to yeah, Tom Brady, totally. if you will. 100%. It's yeah. a very, very good comparison. Um, yeah, so, you know, super skilled. It kind of people knew that it was heading in this direction that he would one day be a world champion. It happened at a very young age. He's been basically driving since he was like 17. So he's, you know, really a phenom uh, and is – not necessarily very well liked by non-Red Bull and uh, Dutch fans. Um, 
he is he is very very ultra aggressive, almost to like kind of the tipping point, uh, almost like in Dom Kung Su back in his yeah, early yes. days. Like I know the name put, very well. He pushed the limit, uh, you know what I mean, and he pissed a lot of people off with the way he drives. But I respect it, man. It's fun fun to watch. Um, so anyway, his stuff is huge. Uh, I, I have his orange variation of Sapphire card from last year in a PSA seven. Uh, one other thing I should have mentioned uh, when I did the primer, if you hadn't listened to us last year, is the grades on the Chrome and the Sapphire stuff were very hard to grade. So it's, yeah. you'll see some of the stuff that was acceptable, uh, you know, a, a seven or an eight might be your equivalent of a nine or a 10 for other product, where like a seven is considered a nine and an eight is considered a 10 for, for this kind of stuff. And if you actually got nines and tens, you know, the premiums are, are through the roof. Um at least for the very short printed stuff, you know, for like the base and stuff like you'll, there's enough out there. You can get some tens. Uh, but um, that's to say, that's to say, so that, that was last year's product. Great product. Uh, amazing stuff this year. They did a couple of uh, new things. They added, you saw this, uh, these are the checkerboard parallels. So it kind of looks like the, the flag, uh, when you start and end the race there. Um, so they came out with those on Chrome, they came out with them in a couple different colors. So this is a gold one. Um, and oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is a, uh, uh, Pierre Gasly gold, like out of 50 here. Um, so they're, they're very cool. Uh, and, you know, it's similar to other top stuff. Like orange is out of, uh, similar to Bowman colors. So like orange yeah. is out of 25, red is out of five. Um, you know, gold is out of 50. Uh, and, you know, all the all the short print stuff. In this new class, a couple good rookies. Mick Schumacher, the son of legend Michael Schumacher, who's considered the second best driver of all time after Lewis Hamilton. Now, before Lewis Hamilton, he would have been considered the Jordan to to Hamilton's LeBron, yeah. uh, his father. So a lot of hype around him. He drives for the worst team on the grid, unfortunately, right now. But that's not his fault. He has he shows a lot of promise as a driver himself. Sells very well. Uh, the other rookie in that class was Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, he is a, a, a Japanese. Uh, a driver from uh, AlphaTauri, uh, which is kind of like the uh, also owned by Red Bull on on the grid, but he has he's he's got a big fan base too, and he's also a, a pretty good up and coming driver. So those are your two main rookies out of this one. Uh, so again, it's not going to drive the same premium because it's two good rookies, not three very good rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm really excited about Chrome 2021. I think the prices are going to continue to grow up, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it's going to I think it's going to continue to be a great product. All right, so the gears are churning, and we have two years of product now, right? First-year yep. product, obviously going to be a totally standalone product, but thinking about them in terms of, of where prices are at right now. Yeah. If someone was out there, okay, Gary, you've convinced me. Your passion is, is seeping through. It's, I'm, I'm soaking it all in. Would you, would you be recommending buying last year's Topps Chrome product or this year's Topps Chrome but, product at current prices, or, or is it, you just go buy singles, find a driver you like, find a driver you want to invest in, and go buy singles? I don't think, yeah, I think that might be your better move. I don't think last year is ever going down. Um, sure. I really don't. So, because, you know, supplies is going to keep going down. It's not going to printed that much of this stuff compared to like modern day Prism. They didn't know what well, it was going to be. That was another question I had real quick yeah. because I think that's important. And I think that we're going to see this like with UFC too. I don't think that they, that Tops in this case knew how popular F1 was going to be. They did not. They no idea, didn't. right? No, because they, I think that's they, pretty they, evident as you're trying to get your hands on product. The same yeah. thing with UFC. I, I don't think Panini had any idea how popular U, the UFC product was going to be uh, with collectors. And yeah. you see it. It's impossible to get your hands on on good UFC prism cards from, yeah. from last year. Now, like as they came out with Select and Contenders and all these extra, it's like so easy to get your hands on that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm wondering if you'll see that same thing with F1. It's interesting. I, I wonder if they printed a lot more. I mean, they did come out with a paper product this year, which yeah. was a bad idea. Quite honestly, now the stuff is tanked like this. And it was, I don't know if they meant to release them so 
soon. Like the paper only came out like two weeks ago. Uh, my guess is they probably meant to release that year, months ago. And then the, the uh, supply stuff was, was a concern. Uh, that stuff is doing so poorly that uh, when I went to the hobby shop today, um, I had the, the guy was offering me uh, a, a box for 600 on Chrome, which is honestly a great price. If you can get, if you can get this year's 2021 under 700 right now, I would recommend buying. Um, Cause 700 is everything you'll find on the internet. So if you could find it in store for under, under 700, but he said, I will throw in a hobby box of the paper for 700 total. So I got a wow. Chrome and a hobby. Uh, it was a great deal by my local guy. Very nice of him. Um, so I, yeah, so I got a Chrome and a, a, a paper. So actually these ones I was showing you were paper. Um, but oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And then the Chrome, you could see obviously more of the, the shine. There. Yeah, shiny. Um, but yeah. So, um, you know, obviously they're already printing more just by making that product. I'm sure Sapphire will come out. The good thing about what drives these numbers are, it's not like Prism and Panini's problem where like, because it's so popular, not only do they make more, but they also create all these new parallels every year. Yeah. So like they're just, they're just water. They're, they're just muddying the waters with all these new colors and yeah, they're still all, they're all numbered, but there's so many more of them that it's going to decrease the value of, of a lot of the other stuff tops to their credit. Uh, and like what they've always done with Bowman is like, yeah, sometimes they'll like add in one color here, one color there, but for the most part, you know, you got your reds, you got your oranges, you got your purples, you got your, you know, whatever. Um, you, you know what you're getting in those products. So like, yes, will they make more? So there's a little bit more base water down. Uh, I'm sure they will because it was such a popular product. Uh, I'm not too concerned overall about kind of the scarcity stuff on the stuff you're, you're chasing. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, and then, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, if you, if you could afford last year's product, I don't think it's going down for the reasons we just mentioned. So I would go after that. I can't, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going out and getting a $2,500 box uh, these days. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to build up a ton of inventory of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, for now, I'd be, I'd be buying uh, this new stuff before it goes up because I, I would be shocked if it doesn't go up. I've seen enough of how this stuff works. I mean, there, I, I'm, I, you know, it's nice that it's at six hundred dollars a box and not, you know, twelve hundred, which is what Prism comes out at now. You know, yeah. so it's like, um, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I don't know what Sapphire is going to come out at. I'm guessing like seven fifty, eight hundred. I don't also don't know when Sapphire is coming out. Um, but Sapphire to me is the pinnacle of this this product. But Chrome's Chrome's damn good. And Chrome is a really good bad. point too because Chrome is autos. Yeah, with with tops, it's now they have the paper, paper product, tops Chrome and top Sapphire. There's there's no other UFC products, right? Or, they made uh, Dynasty Apple. last year, which was like the super super high end stuff. Oh, that's that goes right, like a hundred grand. Um, yeah, because those were them. on. We had we saw some of those on Rally, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was luckily, I, unfortunately, I was too late to that. Like that, yeah, that came out, uh, and they made a super small supply. Yep, and. And like people ripped it. And then I got it to F1 probably like three weeks later when it was like most of it was ripped. And then by that point, it was already all up and people couldn't get their hands on it. Now, I mean, a box of that stuff is like obscene. I'm sure they'll come out with Dynasty again and make a little bit more. But the good thing about Dynasty is it's a super limited product also. So yeah, that's yeah, going to be was, expensive. Those will be $5,000 boxes at least. You know, Yeah, in, instant grail cards. We, we saw some of those on Rally. I think we've seen uh, a Lewis Hamilton and a Max were stopping both on Yeah, like Rally. Patch Autos, you know. Yeah. So it, the, those are like, oh, they make it for baseball too. Um, that's a, what, there's one card per box. Uh, so oh, wow. if you're spending a couple thousand dollars wow. on one card, you know you're getting a patch autograph or at least an autograph, I believe. But the problem is um, you could get a Lewis Hamilton that's yep. going to basically send your kids to college or you could get a Gunther Steiner who is the, <laughs> who, who is the team principal for Haas um, and a hilarious figure may I add, but you probably aren't even going to make 5% back of your box price on that card. So um, it's risky, but you know, I, it's a, it's going to be an awesome, I'm sure they'll come out with that again too. I, as far as I know, um, I don't think they're coming out with like a tops finest. Like I don't think they don't have right. tops also doesn't have like all these like 
tertiary brands that Panini has. Yes. But they do have they do have a couple. Um, and I, I don't, as far as I know, they're not coming out with all this other other crap. So yeah, you got paper, chrome, sapphire. The paper, I think paper is going to be largely ignored. Paper, they mm-hmm. didn't come out with autographs in it. Um, I enjoyed my ripping of the tapered paper boxes today. It was fun. Um, I got these cool checkerboard of, of Max and, and the Lewis. I actually got a one-on-one printing plate in there. That was fun. Wow. I got um, I got good looking. I mean, from, visually, they're good looking. Yeah, cards. I got this orange like, uh, Charles Leclerc, who, who yeah. would be who would be one of my uh, guys. I would tell you to go buy right now because I'm pretty bullish on Ferrari this year. He drives for for Ferrari. He's also one of the best young drivers in in the sport. Um, so I got this. So I actually had some success with the paper. I, honestly, if you, for for you know pound for pound value, I, I did better on the paper than the Chrome. Um, but that that said, no autos. Kind of just they. It was so clear they made it just to make F one. Like the prices yeah. came out at such an obscene yeah. price, and they immediately no one was willing to do it. They especially when there's no autos. They everyone knew Chrome was coming right behind it, uh, and all they did was like throw in like some some patch cards, like game like the driver. Just that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, it that that didn't have the juice. But Chrome Chrome, we're excited about Chrome. I am at least. All right. This was incredibly informative. As much as we've talked F1, this was probably the best primer for me. Uh, yeah. As soon as we get done recording here, I'm I'm off to go watch another episode of Drive to Survive <laughs> so I can hopefully get a little bit more informed uh, and be ready for, yeah, hopefully for this weekend. Not, not too much F1 fatigue uh, as I rambled there, but I'm telling you guys, give it a try. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but it's a lot of fun. We wanted to talk a little baseball, but we're already going long as we as we always do. Uh, I think we should table that for next week because baseball deserves a conversation. We're still yeah. a little ways away, but things are going to start moving quickly. We we finally finally saw the players and the owners reach a deal. Took long enough, but things are going to move very quickly, very, very and things fast. will start to move quickly in the hobby as well. So it's a good uh, point. We focus. should do it next week because you know they they struck a deal today. If, if we, you're by your listening, this will be a couple of days after, but they struck a deal today, and free agency is going to start back up again. And there's still like 30 yeah. great free agents out there. So by the time we talk next week, spring training will be almost going underway, and new players will have moved again. So it'll be a good time to talk baseball next week. Perfect. Yeah. All right. This was a ton of fun. Go check out all of the F1 goodness in your local hobby shop. Find the singles that you can on eBay while they're still. Price lowly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and check out all the, uh, the F1 action this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. We will check back in, as we always do, uh, with a, a brief segment that we have uh, come to know and love, Winning Formula with Gary Hartman. Uh, it's everyone's favorite favorite segment of Establish the Collection. So we will be back again. And send us screenshots. Send us, send us pictures. Send us whatever. If you have F1 products, if you tailed Gary last year, or if you're starting to now, then you have F1 products. If you have Lewis Hamilton cards, Max for stopping cards, send us yeah, pictures. We want to see them. We absolutely, absolutely want to see them. Absolutely. All Everyone. right. Yep. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>